and I would just like want to instill a better sense of appreciation and understanding among the different cultures globally for the cuisine that we are serving. Like I like I feel like a diversity should be celebrated and you know food can be the catalyst in bridging the gaps. Today on Dirty Linen, we are heading to the Adelaide Hills to chat to Srishti Godbol. Srishti is a chef de party at Maximilian's, a beautiful spot over there. But I suppose the reason to catch up with Srishti this week is that she is one of 10 young chefs who are heading to Sydney to compete in the 2022 Pacific Region San Pellegrino Young Chef competition, which is coming up very soon. Srishti, I'm really thrilled to be chatting to you. Welcome to Dirty Linen. Thank you, Danny. And I'm excited to be on this podcast with you. <laughs> Great. Tell us a bit about yourself. So basically, I'm, I come from the city of Mumbai, which is in India. And cook, cooking has always been my passion since the very beginning. And uh, I, when I'm not cooking, I also indulge myself in activities like painting, horse riding. I'm a, uh, I do martial arts and represent my country internationally. I also do swimming, among other things. Wow, you have so much going on. What was what martial arts um, did you represent India in? So I did karate, and yeah, I've been to uh, inter- I've been to many tournaments internationally. I've I've done I've won in Commonwealth Games also. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Um, it's so interesting because you're obviously very serious about being a chef. Entering this competition is, is you know, it's a really big deal. Um, how do you balance all these different interests? It's, it's almost like when I'm, you know, like when you're passionate about something, you'll just go to any lengths to do what you really love. And then you have your hobbies on the side when you, you know, you just want to take a break. You just want to indulge yourself in something else. That's when I do the other stuff that I just mentioned. <laughs> it's really impressive because I would, I would say um, indulging isn't the word when I would think about training to something at such a high level that you're in the Commonwealth Games, but I'm extremely impressed. Um, Srishti, tell us about your journey as a chef. You, you said cooking was there right from the beginning. How did you, um, yeah, how did you turn it into a career? So basically, my mother and my great-grandmother have have a very important role in me wanting to become a chef. Like, I remember, like, whenever I used to come home from school, my great-grandmom used to always prepare me some new delicacies every day. And I just used to look at her and I wonder, how do you do that every day? How do you, how are you so creative every day? You know, and those flavors, the food that she used to make are still embedded in my mind. While my mother, on the other hand, she used to bake me these lovely goodies. Like she used to make pies, cakes and souffles. And one day I was just helping her make souffle and suddenly something clicked in my mind. And I was like, you know what, this is, a, this is what I want to do in the future. Wow, that is really amazing. So it wasn't a traditional Indian dish that got you excited about the idea of being a chef. It did actually, like, it, I mean, yes, it wasn't, but my great grandmom used to cook only traditional Indian dishes, and my mom used to make these fancy stuff. So, yeah, you're right, like, <laughs> it's te- technically not the traditional Indian dish. Yeah, so did you, what would, like, tell me how you started to train as a chef? So I've been in this industry for almost 13 years now. So initially when I was a bit hesitant, 
I remember like before I joined any culinary school and back in India, I decided to just get ex- a hands-on experience and see how the kitchen is. I did that. I uh, got some uh, references. I did that. I experienced how the kitchen life was and I was like, yeah, this is actually what I want to do. So I, so after that, I enrolled myself in a culinary school in India called IHM, Aurangabad, which is a different city in India. And through that, I did my industrial training and on-the-job training in Taj Group of Hotels. After which, I worked at the JW Marriott Hotel at an Italian restaurant called Mezzo Mezzo, where I got hands-on experience at different sections of the kitchen, like larder, pizza, pans, grill. And, you know, I always believe that one should never stop learning. So I decided to apply to NOMA for the inter- for the internship program. And the next thing I know, you know, I've got this amazing opportunity to start at the world's best restaurant at that time. And I was so excited. Wow. <laughs> and at NOMA, when I really saw, when I saw Renny Radzupi work, like he's just got this rhythm to how he works. And that just kept inspiring me every day. And that's at NOMA is the place where I learned to respect each and every ingredient. And I started looking at food and from a different perspective altogether. That's amazing. I mean, tell us about, you know, the world of being a, a, a stagiaire at NOMA. I mean, what was the timeline? How many of you were there? What kind of tasks did you do? So we were divided into different groups, like every other month had a different intake. So my group, we were 20 people, all different nationalities. And uh, I was there for three months. I was staging there for three months. And we were, we started off working at the food production kitchen, where we used to do prep work for the service and then slowly slowly we moved into the service kitchen we also like every every week two interns had to cook staff meal for everyone and there were at least 80 staff members <laughs> so it was a beautiful experience all in all we did foraging we we worked at the fermentation lab it was just different and new to me at that time and given that there's so many of you, is there accommodation? Are you all staying in the same place? I uh, know, like we all were staying in different places back then. Right. So you just organise your own accommodation. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's amazing. And I mean, what do you think that did for your aspirations and vision of you, of yourself as a chef? As a chef, like I just started believing in the fact that, you know, how simple ingredients can be turned into something exceptional. Like you just like, for example, uh, I've used uh, uh, I've used carrots in my dish and something as basic as carrot can be turned into something so amazing. And that's the inspiration that I get from Noma, like respect your ingredients and the ingredients will talk for yourself for the, for mm. itself. So interesting. So what else happened in your in your glittering career? Uh, after that, after Noma, I decided to pursue like a grand diploma in cuisine and patisserie. Uh, in so I went to Le Cordon Bleu London first, and I did that there. Then I did some small course, short courses in food photography and styling because I'm my dad's a photographer, so I get that photography from him. So I was like, I want to do something in that too. So I've tried to you know venture out into different pathways in the culinary world. Uh, after that, I think I came back to India and I started working as a chef de party at Flavor Diaries, which is a cul- which was a culinary studio in Mumbai. 
It's owned by Anjali Patak. She's basically the brand ambassador and used to be the owner of the pickles, Patak's Pickles and Spices. I don't know if you've heard about it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I worked with her, then I was promoted to sous chef with her. And I, then I started running my own business. I used to host pop-ups, I used to do seven course tasting menus. I used to, do, uh, I used to host private events like birthdays, book launches, catering for them. Uh, but during this whole phase of my in where I used to run my own business, I had a unfortunately had a back injury in the midst of all of it. So I was on bed rest for four to six months. And that's when I decided, you know, like I have to start over again. So then I moved to Australia. I did my advanced diploma from LCB and then I uh, bagged in internship at Attica with Ben Jury. Well, again, I learned different uh, different things about the native ingredients and how you can accommodate that in your dish and make it beautiful. Wow, that's amazing, Srishti. What a yeah, what a huge story you have. Um, how long were you at Attica for? I was in. Uh, I, to, to be honest, initially we were supposed to be in Attica for six months, but because of the lockdown, we had to cut it down to sh- three months. Right. And did you go back to India during the pandemic? What did you do? No, I did not. No, I did not go back to India. Luckily, I was fortunate enough to immediately get a job at the pub called Hotel Brighton. Uh, so I started working there as a casual chef. And after that, I, then after that, I just kept working. I used to work at a bakery also called The Flower House uh, for a bit. Then I also worked at View Events, which is part of the View of the Mon group. And then I also worked at Stomping Ground. That's what I've been doing so far in Melbourne. And what took you over to the Adelaide Hills? I just I just felt like I needed a change. And I moved to Adelaide mostly like, like, I just wanted to be in a different place altogether first personal reasons so I was like you know let's go to Adelaide let's try the food out because I've heard so much about the food in Adelaide like even when I had done a small trip to Adelaide like I used to dine at different restaurants and I just found the food so flavorful and amazing that I thought that maybe this is the place for me. So you started telling us about the dish that you're cooking in the San Pellegrino competition, um, the carrots. Can you tell us more about this dish? Yes. So basically my dish is called the Farmer's Table, which consists of a slow-cooked beef cheek nihari, uh, which, which is very robust and deep in flavour. Uh, so like I, like I mentioned that I've also tried to show the versatility of the humble carrot in various ways. So I've uh, roasted my carrots and turn them into vessels for the beautiful Nihari to sit in. I've also sliced some carrots and pickled them as scales on top of the Nihari just to sit there. I've used the whole carrot. I've made like a carrot chutney or carrot chutney with cumin yogurt. So every component just makes sense on the plate and, you know, has a role in completing it and turning it into a, you know, gastronomic experience. So what actually, Nihari, what's actually, what is that dish? So, Danny, Nihari is basically, Nihari, the word Nihari comes from the word Nihar, which means morning in Arabic. So people would eat this dish in the morning to stay energized throughout the day, uh, throughout the laborious day. Like, they used to work hard by just having this hearty stew in the morning. 
it was basically ages ago like when the mughal emperors moved to india settled to india in different parts they got their cuisines along with them which is now become a part of a culture and so what are, what are the ingredients in this nihari so in this nihari is ideally made with shanks but here i've in my dish i've used beef cheeks because i just i was just opting for a more sustainable cut um uh, and it's got different spices uh, spices like vetiver roots cumin cardamom uh, cinnamon uh, it's got different spices which form this hearty stew wow it sounds so interesting so in the um in the competition is the idea that you you basically cook one dish that you've you've thought about intensely and then you present it to the judges and do you know what what are you judged on? Uh, I know that I'm judged on the technical skills, the you know the uh, social response, the sustainability of the dish, and how, and also uh, if you know what gastro- uh, what sense does it make when it comes to gastronomy? Wow! And have you been in other co- cooking competitions? I have been in other cooking competitions like shared tables, theory marks. And what what is it that you think you get from competing like this? I think by competing like this, I feel like you get to learn a lot from the other people you're competing with, like just by observation. Uh, Like you start thinking on your feet, you become more accommodating to your environment. Like if it's a small space, you know how to, you know, function in that small space. You learn a lot of sportsmanship spirit which you know you win or lose you've taken part and that's what matters wow i mean it's interesting you know obviously you've competed as an athlete and you're competing as a chef i mean how can you compare these things uh to be honest it's almost the same feeling when you compete like you're nervous in the beginning but the end at the end of it you know it's going to be fruitful You've given your 100% and it's up to the judges to decide what they feel is right for you. And you, you just take it in positive stride. Like you gave your 100%, you did your best, you are confident in your dish and that's all that matters. Mm. It's interesting, you know, that you say looking at what the other people are doing is such a big part of it because I would imagine you, you would also have to be so focused on what you're doing yourself. I, it's It surprises me that you would have time to see what everyone else is doing. I, that's that's there. You're focusing on your dish. But, you know, sometimes you just look around and you have the tendency to look, you know, just look up for a bit and see what everyone's doing. At least I do. <laughs> I don't know about everyone else, but I do. And I like to see what people are doing and see. It's, it's like I said, it's always a learning experience. You never stop learning as a chef. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, so, You've obviously you've designed your dish. You've come up with a recipe. Do you practice, or is it just you know you've locked and loaded, and you just wait till you get there? Oh, no, I've practiced this dish a couple of times because I, for me, it's all about the fine tuning of flavors. And although this dish, you know, has been really special to me as it takes back to my childhood, because my dad hails from Aurangabad, and Aurangabad is a city where the Mughal emperors had settled. So, like, you know, I remember, like, moving, like, waking up early mornings during my summer vacations. I used to go to Aurangabad and I used to wake up early mornings and sneak out of the house just to have this hearty stew. So, it has a very important impact on me 
but at the same time i just know that i have to get the flavors right because it's either make it or break it dish <laughs> oh my god how exciting <laughs> um so tell us about what you're doing at maximilian's because I mean, you've had such experience i'm yeah i'm just wondering what are you getting from your role and what do you feel like you're bringing to it so currently i'm a senior chef the party at maximilian's and uh Basically, to be honest, I, st- I started off at the desserts and baking breads every morning. But then I've also become an all-rounder there. Like I've wo- I worked at the grills, I worked at Lado, pretty much worked at bar food also. So this, I have, in a short span of time, gained a lot of experience in every section of the kitchen, which is, to me, which is a wonderful thing because at least I know that I am capable of running different sections at my own time and you know like I'm willing to put in that much effort to do that yes great um what do you hope like what are your hopes for the future Srishti for the future like I really uh like India is such a big country with like so many different states and so many different cuisines with respect to each but different state so i just want to i just want people to appreciate the cuisine for what it is and you know introduce people to that introduce people to dishes that never heard of or seen before like uh, to be honest i love butter chicken but indian cuisine is far more than that like there's so much more to it that people have not even seen so far like for example like i come from mumbai it's which is a coastal area like not many people know of what a good fried bombay duck is a bombay duck is a fish which is common to mumbai i remember um going to the fish market in mumbai and seeing a lot of those fish and a lot of other fish as well. It's um yeah, it's really it's a really incredible scene. And I would just like want to instill a better sense of appreciation appreciation and understanding among the different cultures globally for the cuisine that we are serving. Like I like I feel like a diversity should be celebrated and you know, food can be the catalyst in bridging the gaps. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a fantastic ambition, and I think you're, you're so right. So, do you think you'll stay in Australia, or will you continue your travels? I I would make Australia my base while traveling around, and you know, just focusing on what I aim to do. Yeah, amazing. And um, is there a region of India that you think is like particularly needs more attention? I uh, there are a few regions of India, in, a few regions in India like Maharashtra. Like uh, I'm a, I come from a Maharashtrian household, uh, which is basically the food is very simple. Uh, like you know, our dish, like our everyday meals, consists of like a thali, like which is common in every Indian household. But it consists of dal, rice, roti, sabzi, a salad of some sort during the week. And during weekends, it's like a delicacy. Go all out, eat whatever you want. So I feel that Marathi cuisine, Maharashtrian cuisine that I'm talking about, and it needs more attention. So does Northeast Indian food which is really amazing they they have a lot of fermentation techniques and not many people know about that yeah we um 
ages ago we had Pratik Sadhu on Dirty Linen um, who cooks a lot of food from Kashmir um, and has a restaurant in Mumbai. And I noticed recently that Discovery Channel is putting, he's made a show for Discovery Channel about the food of, of Kashmir, which I think is really exciting. That's true. <laughs> so, um, Shrishti, what did you make for uh, staff meal at Noma? Uh, so for staff meal at Noma, I had made like um, biryani one day, I had made chicken curry and rice the other. I had made like uh, a staple breakfast for me that is called poha. It's like flattened rice flakes uh, tempered with turmeric, mustard seeds, curry leaves. And I'd also made like a potato cutlet with bread. <laughs> so, yeah, people loved it. People enjoyed it. So I was happy with that. Oh, it sounds so good. I definitely would have enjoyed that as well. Uh, Srishi, um, it's been so good to have you on the podcast. Is there any anything else that you'd like to leave us with? I think that's it. I like I enjoyed chatting with you. It's such an honor and, you know, privilege to having being on Dirty Linen and it's I'm just looking for the uh, forward to the competition and you know like I'm excited about it so what words of um advice would you have for some of the other contestants that or anyone who's going in any cooking competition that perhaps doesn't um have that athlete's attitude and (laughs) and fortitude I would just say that focus on your dish. You know you know what you're doing. You have the skills. Just be confident and go for it. <laughs> Love it. Great words. Well, I will I am so excited that I will actually be in Sydney for this competition. I really look forward to um seeing these beautiful carrots. Trishti, thanks thanks so much. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the competition too. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.